Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Spin Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Kiera McKinney, and I'm really excited for this week's episode because once again, we have yet another doozy of an episode for you. I don't know what is going on in Hollywood right now. I don't know what they are drinking, um, but each week we continue to have more and more drama. Um, There has not been um, any slowness, any downtime whatsoever um, these past couple weeks. So I keep having lots to talk about. So hope you're enjoying these longer episodes because there's too much for me to cover. Um, so yeah, buckle in, strap in, um, and prepare for a bumpy ride. So just when you thought this Selena Gomez, Haley Bieber drama had died down after Selena and Haley seemed to call a truce on social media. Um, Charlie Puth entered the chat by tweeting randomly the other day, attention is what you think it's about, quote unquote. Attention is a song that he released back in 2017, which which contains some scathing lyrics um, and is said to be about Selena Gomez. He's also done an interview with Platform Genius, um, in which a lot of artists break down their lyrics. And he said, quote, we would be talking in the hotel and she'd be like, you want to sleep over? And I'd be like, yes, I'm going to get it in. And then nothing would happen, which is totally fine. But then after the fifth time of that happening, I knew what she was doing. I knew that she was trying to make me so embedded to her that I would never leave her, but I would never get what I wanted out of her. She was doing that repetitively just to get something out of me, which was for me to be attached to her hip at all times. And like, I just am so like perturbed by those comments. I think that it says a lot about Charlie Puth. And also I think that um, it kind of uh, is a little predatory. Um, also Charlie Puth, it's possible that Selena thought he was gay. <laughs> Like Charlie Puth is not somebody who like exudes masculinity by um, any means. Uh, so I mean, come on. But in interviews past, he's kind of referenced the fact that he and Selena had some kind of like romantic connection. But um, Selena's camp denies this and says that they like were just friends. They did collaborate on a song. Um, and they sparked dating rumors because of like the chemistry they had when they performed the song live. It's called We Don't Talk Anymore, um, and it debuted in 2017. Um, they collaborated on that, and um, Charlie actually quote tweeted a, <laughs> a Selena Gomez fan account on Twitter tweeted that We Don't Talk Anymore by Selena and Charlie had its biggest streaming day since 2017 on March 1st of this year. And Charlie quote tweeted it with a heart. So that's interesting. And then tweeted his little like, attention is about what you think, I think it's about um, last week, but then deleted it. So when he did that interviews, like kind of accusing Selena of being manipulative with her like teasing him, which is super sexist and disturbing. Um, fans did not like that and even commented under the YouTube video saying saying things like, 
Charlie talking about not getting what he wanted came off as predatory and disgusting. Um, just because she didn't want to sleep with you doesn't mean she was trying to manipulate you. Those kinds of things, all very valid. Um, so let's take a look at what attention, what the lyrics actually say. See, this is just like where it's weird because I'm like, I just would have never thought that this was about Selena. It sounds very much like he's talking about some like clout chasing, like Instagram girl who just like moved to LA. It doesn't sound like he's talking about um, like, you know, this artist, like a bilingual recording artist and like Emmy winning <laughs> like actress. Um, this is just insane to me. So the song opens, he says, you've been running around throwing that dirt all on my name because you know that knew that I'd call you up and you've been going around every party in LA because you knew that I'd be at one. Like, doesn't that sound like he's talking about, like, some, like, girl who's, like, trying to get with him because he's famous, not, like, somebody who's way more famous than him? Hello. Um, you just want my attention. You don't want my heart. That's what everybody knows, that, like, one line. Uh, maybe you just thought the hate of me with someone new. You just want my attention. I knew from the start. You're just making sure I'm never getting over you. Um, and then, like, he repeats himself. Yeah, that's basically all the lyrics. <laughs> like, he talks about um, perfume and a dress. And that's pretty much the entirety of the lyrics. But I guess also what bothers me about this is that, like, I don't know. It's just, like, he just is, like, oozing nice guy energy. Like, quote, unquote, nice guy energy. And... I just, I hate that so much. And like, good for Selena for not like giving into that because it's just the grossest thing. There's nothing worse than like those fucking nice guy types because first of all, they're not actually nice. Because if they were an actual nice guy, I mean, first of all, okay, here, let's lay it all out. Because if you read my deep dive on the Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber and uh, Haley Bieber, Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner saga on the Substack, then you'll know that during this time that we're talking about right now, um, Selena and Justin were like still in there, like back and forth. And this was during like the purpose tour where, um, like things were really bad for Selena during this time. And this is where like Justin was like, just kind of like gallivanting all over the world with different models, like trying to get her back, but then would be like spotted with a different model, like the next week. Like this was a really tough time for Selena. And like, instead of, if Charlie, if Charlie Puth was genuinely a nice guy, then instead of trying to get it in, as he said in his own words, get it in. If, that if he was nice, that would not have been his priority. If he was a nice guy, he would have been like, hey, you're going through a tough time. Like, let's like, you know, keep creating music together. This was really great. Like, I'd really love to, you know, like collaborate on more music or like spend more time together or like whatever you need. Like, we need to talk, whatever. And like a, a genuine nice guy would be like, I really like you. And like, I understand that this guy is treating you like shit. So whenever you are more emotionally available, like, 
I'll be here. And like, until then, like, I'll be your friend. And like, we can just, you know, chill. That's what nice guys do. Nice guys are like, recognize your situation and are not so completely focused on their situation and what they want and their wants and needs. The fact that he saw the fact that, like, I can't believe that he's like, she didn't want to sleep with me while she was being yanked around by her ex-boyfriend. And so she's manipulative. I mean, fuck that. Just, just like, in all honesty, fuck that. So, whatever. Charlie Puth can suck my ass. In other news, the Kardashians season three Hulu trailer came out this week, and it gave us a whole lot of nothing. Um, in typical Kardashians fashion, it's kind of just a lot of, like, dramatic music with a lot of clips strung together. We see, um, basically... Chloe in her confessional saying, like, I was hoping this was going to be, like, a mild, chill season, but it's not. Um, but then there's no context. There's no, like, oh, my God, you know, teaser for this. There's no um, – the only, like, man shown is Scott, ironically. And Scott's just saying, like, I've never seen so much drama in my life. Um and then Kylie is, Kylie and her confessional is like, well, like, it just makes you think, like, what are we doing with all of our power and influence? Um, so it's just a bunch of, like, sound bites is basically what I'm trying to describe. It's um, absolutely no teasing of any kind of, like, plot lines or storylines. It's just, like, literally just sound bites from um, Chloe, Kylie, and Kim. Um, we do see Kim like break down and cry, which is always fun, but we didn't get an ugly crying face cry scene. Um, she covered her face, so that's no fun. Um, but not a lot of the men I noticed, which is interesting because I have noticed that online, like people hate Travis Barker on the show, which um, I find to be interesting because I feel like he was very like beloved before and it seems like the Kardashians just have this way of making people like widely disliked once they're like brought into their circle because like Travis Barker I feel like if you are like a former emo kid like me like people just have always been um enamored with Travis Barker he's like kind of like a god in like the the rock scene the music scene um and now that he's like connected to the Kardashians and like especially with like the PDA that um Courtney and Travis like really pack on and then in addition to that I think something that's been gaining a lot of traction online that I've seen more and more is um kind of the the behaviors of his daughter Alabama um she is I believe she just turned 17 on Christmas Eve I know her birthday's Christmas Eve but I believe she turned 17 um and she does have like the aesthetic and general appearance of a much older person as like Kylie did when she was younger I remember there being like a scene in keeping up with the Kardashians where Scott was like, how old are you? 17. What do you look like? 25. It's very much that. 
Um, so I know that there's been a lot of like online criticism about the way that um, they're kind of like allowing Alabama to behave and post and dress um, that sort of thing. I know that her like 17th birthday party, it seemed to be like in a nightclub. Um, yeah, <laughs> just like very, very like, just not things that are typical for 17 year olds. Um, and so that there's been a lot more online chatter around that, a lot more criticism. And I just think that um, bringing them, like bringing the Barkers into the Kardashian level of limelight has not been good for um, the Barkers overall, like not reputation, I hate that word, but just like, I don't know, like general uh, sentiment, I guess is a good word. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I think we're not seeing maybe as much as Travis, uh, as much of Travis and maybe the Barkers in general in um, that trailer. So I'm interesting to see, interested to see what season three is like. Season two was super boring. Um, pe people were not happy with the second season. They also did a lot of like spinning storylines and kind of like trying to cover things up. Um, I've talked about it a lot <laughs> already, but um, they like covered up the Astroworld tragedy by like saying Kendall was in Miami when she was really in Houston for Astroworld, things like that. They've like never talked about it. And I think that that is just um, a really poor choice PR wise on their part. Um, I think that short term it's working, but I think long term it's really going to come back to bite them. Um, so I think in the long run, they're going to regret not coming out and talking about it and doing something, you know? So um, I'm interested to see how season three goes. I'm interested to see how they handle the baby stuff um, and all that. So whatever. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of bored of them right now because, but I think that's intentional. They're being really quiet. Um, Heather McDonald talked about this on Juicy Scoop not that long ago and I was actually kind of mad because I was like fuck I wanted to talk about this on the podcast like two weeks ago and I did it um and she beat me to the punch so um just know that I had the idea before she talked about it <laughs> just kidding but um but yeah they have like kind of disappeared and I noticed that it kind of happened after Kylie got roped into the Justin and Selena beef and they kind of like took a step back after that other than like kim being pictured a lot like um you know in london at soccer games and um kind of just like out and about that's kind of like the extent yeah i don't know they've been quiet so either like something's coming something's brewing or they just like know we're all bored of them and are giving us our space but I kind of doubt that <laughs> out of character for them. So the Bachelor finale aired on Monday um, and it was very, very explosive. But then right after the Bachelor finale aired, we find out that the Bachelor creator, Mike Fleiss, is leaving the Bachelor after 20 plus years. So lots of Bachelor news. Um, we've got a lot to cover under 
this umbrella. So basically, in the Bachelor finale, what happened was the lead, whose name is Zach, he decided to create this rule in the fantasy suites that he was not going to sleep with any of the remaining women. And then he breaks his own rule by sleeping with this one girl named Gabby. Um, And then he, like decides that he needs to come clean and like tell the other women but then he like tells her that he's going to tell the other women but doesn't necessarily like come forth with the fact that he's going to name names so she doesn't realize until the episode airs that he she that he like used her name and was like I had sex with Gabby Also, like, I guess the fourth girl that he sent home, he didn't even tell her that he had sex with anyone. And so she, this girl named Ariel, she's really pissed because she's like, then I just was like left out of the conversation completely. I feel blindsided. I found out on television as well. So um, that's kind of like the overview of the sex part. But then... God, it, it's it's just it's worse than that. So then, Gabby, like, it gets down to Gabby and this other girl named Katie, and basically, Gabby's the one he slept with. Um, and as soon as Gabby gets out of the limo, um, after like, like for the finals, before for the final roses. He, she like gets out of the limo and she knows that it's not her. And she's like, she even says to production, she like steps in something and she's like, make sure when Katie gets here for the real thing that you don't do this to her. Like saying like, don't make her like step in this shit. Like, because she knows she's just, she's like, I know it's that he's not going to choose me. Um, And then like, she gets up to the little altar thing, which I hate. I hate that it looks like a wedding, <laughs> you know? Um, and Zach's like, falling in love with you has made me a better man. And then there's this dramatic pause. And then he says, but. And then Gabby, like, cuts him off. And he, he's, she's like, I don't even want to hear it. Like, don't finish. But he keeps going. And she's like, seriously, like, I, I really don't want to hear it. It's fine. Like, save it. I'll be okay. Um. And then just kind of like starts walking back to the limo. She holds it all together. And honestly, I'm like screaming at the TV. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Cause she like makes him cry. Like she, she like made him feel so shitty that I was like cheering for her. It was amazing. Um, and then she holds it together basically until she gets in the limo. And then she starts crying about how she like, um, it's always the second choice and she's like what's wrong with me like when is somebody gonna choose me and I'm like oh girl the next one will this guy's so ugly like it's fine Zach literally looks like Curious George <laughs> like live action Curious George um, honestly that's an insult to Curious George but um, yeah Ugh, it was bad and then like I mean, I will say that he, like, did a decent job of, like, hearing the women out, like, at the women tell all and that stuff. So sometimes those guys do a really terrible job of, like, listening to feedback or, like, do a lot of, like, gaslighting and that sort of thing. He didn't do all that, but he just, like, 
he he kind of falls into that same like nice guy category as Charlie Puth where he like kind of like feigns concern and he like knits his eyebrows together and looks so like sad and it's like shut up you bitch like <laughs> I just hate you um so he picks the girl Katie and um I guess they're talking about setting a date for 2025 so um we'll see if they make it down the aisle whatever a lot of bachelor couples do um I feel like bachelor couples are interesting. They like they tend to make it down the aisle, but then tend to get divorced. I feel, um, but I also feel like that's more accurate for Bachelor in Paradise. I feel like the Bachelor in Paradise couples have a lot more a uh, higher success rate than um, the actual like regular Bachelor Bachelorette. But that's partially, I think, because they have like more agency. I feel like in The Bachelor, Bachelorette, when, like, you're either a contestant or the lead, there's, like, no choices. But when you're on Bachelor in Paradise, you actually get to, like, pick a person. Um, so it's, like, it makes sense that there, you would, that there would be a higher success rate there. Um, so then the next Bachelorette is actually a Black woman named Charity Lawson. She's 27. She's a therapist. She is from Georgia, and she went to Auburn, which sucks. I went to Alabama, so boo, but whatever. Um, she is also from this past season on Zach's season. Um, and, yeah, so people are excited about that. Um, I'm excited that she's 27. I feel like there's been a lot of really young bachelor bachelorettes lately. Um, they're clearly trying to make it a little bit older, but um, – yeah, I'm I'm glad that this is an older individual. Um I'm also excited about Mike Fly stepping down. I think that that'll be really good for the franchise. Um the past I'd say like 10 or so seasons have been lackluster and it's also starting I don't know if like other people have noticed this, but um the Bachelor franchise is definitely starting to skew very like Christian, very like religious. Um, and it's not as fun to watch because of that. I have, and my husband and I have shifted toward Love Island and Love Island has really gotten <laughs> like really scratched the itch that I feel like we don't get from Bachelor or Bachelor in Paradise anymore. I feel like it's kind of like a bummer now. <laughs> um, not just because of the like religious aspect, but it does feel a little bit heavier. Um, there's always these weird kind of like um, parental pressures involved in The Bachelor that I think makes it not fun. I don't like the involvement of the families. Um, I don't like the the tie-in of the like religion um that is so often like enmeshed within it and I don't think that's like an accurate representation of um the majority of our country anymore um so yeah I just I don't find it that fun to watch I find it to be a little bit boring compared to um other dating shows that we have now used to like The Bachelor was 
the only one, you know, and now we have a million different dating shows. We have Love Island. We have Too Hot to Handle. We have Love is Blind. We have like a million different things. So um, I really enjoy other ones that don't focus so much on the things, the parts that I don't enjoy, I guess. Um, so yeah. Okay, so Jojo Siwa was shaded on TikTok by one of her ex-girlfriends, and then her other ex-girlfriend commented on it, and I posted a whole thing on Instagram about it, and I'm probably going to do a deep dive on the subsex, so I'm not going to go into it too much because it is a really long saga, but here's kind of the long and short of it. So I'm not going to attach dates to this, so go look on the Instagram story. It's on, um, I have a highlight on the Instagram called, um, I think it's just like Jojo Siwa on um, the Instagram. And um, so here's kind of the lowdown. Basically, Jojo came out in like 2020-ish when she started dating this girl named Kylie Prue. They dated on and off for like two years in very much like a Justin and Selena fashion where they'd like date and then like, break up and then they'd be spotted together and then they'd break up and then they'd go to Disney together and then they'd break up and like whatever. It's just, you know, adolescent love. And um in between when she would like break up with her long-term girlfriend, she would, you know, here and there start dating other people. Um at one point she started dating this girl Katie Mills. And um this girl Katie is also a TikToker. Um, and even though, of of course, Jojo is not just a TikToker. And if you don't know who Jojo Siwa is, like my husband didn't know who Jojo Siwa is. And I think that's insane. Um, but I had to explain who she was last night. She is, uh, the way that I explained it is she's basically like, um, Gen Z's Hillary Duff, where she's kind of like everywhere. She is a little bit of everything. She has her own toys that are like, you know her <laughs> like branded after her she has a car with her face on it she's an actor she's a singer she's a this she's a that she owns her own girl group she's a dancer I like you know explain the dance mom's connection he understands dance moms but so yeah he she um she got her start on dance moms as a kid and then kind of um built her own brand doing this like cutesy rainbow explosion kid oriented um music and has kind of just built an empire out of that now um she is 19 i believe um and yeah i don't know whatever she's a nickelodeon child (laughs) she's a nickelodeon child star um very rich very 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 rich very rich. So rich. (laughs) She's a very rich Nickelodeon child. Anyway. Um, so she starts dating this girl, Katie Mills, who's a TikToker, smaller, much smaller TikToker. I don't know how they met, but they start dating and they go public with their relationship. And immediately Katie starts getting backlash from JoJo's fans because they, of course, as crazy fans do, went through her social media and found these old tweets 
and like went through her likes and found these old likes and found out that she was a Trump supporter. And as a reminder, or I don't even know if I said this, but I did on the Instagram. This girl is, first of all, at the time was like 17. So not voting age, (laughs) 17 Mormon in Utah. So like, I don't really know what people expect. Um, and yeah, so people like go back, find all these tweets. They're not insane. You know what I mean? They're not, um, they're not about anything that Trump has said that would be, um, particularly concerning. They were just about Trump in general or about Biden in general. It was about the election. It was not about any particular, um, group of people. It was not not about any particular, um, you know, issue, anything like that. It wasn't like, it was not offensive tweets. It was literally just tweets outing her as a Trump supporter. And basically she got like bullied so hard by all of JoJo's fans and JoJo ghosted her. Um, So yeah. That's what happened. And then um, that was back then. Later on, I guess she got back together with Kylie, the original girl. I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this, but I did a better job on the Instagram and I'm going to do a better job on the Substack. But it's all very convoluted, so it's hard to like speak about. But anyway, so then she eventually, once she and Kylie break up again, starts dating this girl named Avery Cyrus. And she's more of like a high profile TikToker. And Avery had just broken up with her girlfriend who was also a TikToker named Soph. And so they like break up with their significant others and then get together like immediately. And then, um, they go through a really messy breakup and start shading each other on TikTok, all this stuff. And then um, they go on a cruise together after they break up, Jojo and Avery. And then after that, then Avery and Soph go on a vacation together. So all these girls are dating and then breaking up with each other and then going on trips together. <laughs> So that part is weird in its own right, that they're all like going on trips with their exes. I guess the part that I find to be so interesting is that Jojo is constantly making TikToks about how her exes are all like using her for views. They're clout chasers. They all like want to be in the spotlight. They love bomb her, all this stuff. But evidence goes to show that the person who is, you know, using relationships for views or who is love bombing is Jojo because Jojo's videos with her girlfriends are always, you know, using her videos or using her girlfriends for views. And always she's like doing something for the girlfriend or like, you know, like layering, laying the affection on thick in the videos um, when the girlfriend is not. So really, like, JoJo is what she is accusing these girls of being. And then, so then that's why Katie, the girl who got basically, like, eviscerated by JoJo's fans and then ghosted by JoJo, she's the one who came out and was, like, like, stitched her video 
calling all of our exes like love bombing clout chasers and was like, it's interesting <laughs> that you call us this, but you have a lot of power and you call us these things and you like get people to attack us. But like all the while, like, what are you, you know? Um, so yeah, lesbian TikTok drama, lots going down. Deep dive coming. Um, too convoluted to really get into in full detail on here because we're already 30 minutes into the podcast and I'm only like, I'm not even halfway through my list of things to talk about yet. So, um, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for that deep dive, but go watch the little highlight on my Instagram and, um, tell me what you think and tell me if you think I'm right. I definitely think, um, Jojo, Jojo's always kind of been a brat. Like if you watched Dance Moms, you might not like her. Um, if you didn't watch Dance Moms, you might like her. So I think that it it depends on if you watch Dance Moms or not. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. In other celebrity couple news, Jonah Hill and his girlfriend and rumored fiance Olivia Miller are pregnant. On Monday, um, she stepped out in a little like crop top and skirt and I guess debuted a baby bump. It didn't look like a baby bump to me and apparently it didn't to anybody else because it's Thursday as I'm recording this, but page six um, reported that it was in fact a baby bump and just nobody clocked it, but it was supposed to be a pap walk where the paps were supposed to go, oh, it's a baby bump. <laughs> and everybody was like, is it? <laughs> So yeah, Jonah Hill's having a baby. Jonah Hill's off the market. I'm a little bit sad about it that he's like one of my like top five celebrity crushes. Um, I know it's probably weird, but I feel like my like top five celebrity crushes are Christian Bale, Ashton Kutcher, Jamie Foxx, Jonah Hill, and maybe like, maybe like a Zac Efron. Maybe a Zac Efron. I don't know. The fifth one, the fifth one's interchangeable. Maybe right now it's Zac Efron. But the other four are solid. Maybe a Jonas Brother. The fifth one is reserved for a Disney star. A Jonas Brother is Zac Efron. Anyway. So Jonah Hill um, reportedly either, well, reportedly both engaged and expecting a child. Um, other celebrity couple news, Shakira, uh, was punched in the face by Gerard Piquet's mo mother. Uh, her name is, she has the weirdest name ever, Montserrat Bernabeau. Montserrat, like the font. Um, if you, if you are in marketing, you know that font. Um, Montserrat Bernabeau is Gerard Piquet's mother. Apparently, uh, Shakira found out this week that um, his mother knew about the affair. And in front of Gerard and the children, the mother punched Shakira in the face when they got into an argument over um, her knowing about the affair. The mom has apparently never liked Shakira, um, has always thought of her as like less than, I guess, because um, it has to do with race. 
I don't fully understand um, the like European racial structure. Um, Trad PK is European, right? Pausing to Google. I don't want to sound dumb. Yeah, he's Spanish. I thought so. I thought so. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> so she doesn't like that that Shakira is like not Spanish because if I remember correctly, um, Shakira is like Lebanese and like uh, Argentinian or something. She's like mixed race of like um like middle eastern and south american or something and gerard gerard pk's mom has never liked that and has always looked down on shakira because of this and um despite the fact that shakira and gerard pk have been together for 11 years um apparently his mother allowed um for pk and his mistress clara chia to um, vacation in a house that PK's parents have in Spain. And then she punched Shakira in the face. So I like, poor Shakira, I, what can we do? Like, what can we do for Shakira and Selena Gomez? Because we need to rescue them. <laughs> like what's happening? What are these people doing to these women? I don't understand. Um, I mean, goddamn, terrible just terrible. Um, more to come on that. I'm definitely going to do in, in terms of deep dives. That's another one to expect. Um, I definitely want to look further into the history of Shakira and Gerard Piquet's relationship. I actually didn't know they had been together for so long. I didn't know they'd been together for 11 years. Um, and as I've been kind of like looking into this fight that they had, I've started to uncover that um, PK's mother and um, Shakira have never gotten along. I've also found these videos of uh, PK's mom like grabbing Shakira by the face and like wagging her finger in her face before um, in front of Gerard PK. So lots of history there. And I definitely want to do some investigating to find out kind of um, what's been going on behind closed doors but definitely team shakira um hope that she can find somebody with a less insane family structure because wow wow <laughs> um okay and then also we've got machine gun kelly and megan fox apparently are calling their wedding off. We've been expecting this for a while. Their relationship has been deteriorating for quite some time. Um, I first started thinking that they were breaking up like back in September. She looked over him when they were at like, I think it was like the VMAs, um, at all the like VMAs events. She was just like not wanting him to touch her and just kind of like looking over him and their body language was like not looking right. Then um, the last place we saw them together was Super Bowl weekend. They were at like Super Bowl festivities together, um, which was obviously like back in like mid-February, early mid-February. And rumors were starting to spread that they were broken up, blah, blah, blah. And then the rumors spread that 
he was cheating. And then she had to put out a statement saying that he wasn't cheating, um, but that they were like taking a break. And then now it seems like their break is turning into something that is more permanent and that their wedding is not going to happen. I never expected them to make it down the aisle, to be honest. Um, I think that I've called that before. They just, anytime there's these couples who have these like whirlwind romances, um, I either expect them to pull like a Haley and Justin Bieber and just like get married right away and not think about it. Or I expect them to not get married at all. And there's not really in between. Um, they either just like rogue, like go off in a loaf or they just like never do it. Um, and considering she's already been married before and had kids, like I'm not surprised that she didn't just like rush off and like marry this guy too. And he has a teenage daughter as well. Like they have three children between them, maybe even four. How many kids does she have? Let's see. She has either two or three. Yeah, she has three kids and he has one. So they already have four kids between them. Um, so it makes sense that they wouldn't be like, yeah, let's go like join our assets to, you know, like complicate things for our children. Um, so apparently co-parenting has been going better with Brian Austin Green amid issues. Um, he's been like singing her praises lately. So that's good, I guess. Good for her kids that um, it seems that not being with Machine Gun Kelly has been better maybe for their home life. Um, lastly, we have, of course, the Emily Ratajkowski, Harry Styles, and Olivia Wilde drama. So Harry Styles and Emily Ratajkowski were filmed sloppily making out at like in the middle of the night in Tokyo randomly. And um, tabloids have been reporting that Emily has been begging Olivia for forgiveness ever since, um, which is just funny to me. Side items have been saying that Emily, Harry, and Olivia had a threesome back in October. There have been blind items about this since then um, on Dumas and other places. So it's possible that they've hooked up before. Don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, I've also seen some things like debunking this, saying that like the threesome rumors aren't true, blah, blah, blah. But the things that I've seen saying that the threesome rumors weren't true actually like kind of misspoke and didn't say threesome. They said thruple and thruple is different than a threesome. So it's like, well, nobody said that they were a thruple, um, said they had the threesome. That's very different. <laughs> um, but anyway. It's possible that there was a threesome back in October. Um, there shouldn't be, this isn't going to be something that we see a lot. They're not dating. This was like a, this is just like a makeout, um, which is so interesting because we don't really like get a lot of that. We don't get a lot of um, celebrities just like sloppily making out on the street especially not like in inter international locations. It's very rare, I feel. So um, 
I find that to be very exciting. Uh, but that does lead us into something a lot less fun and brings brings the vibe way down. Emily Ratajkowski's ex-husband and really estranged husband as they are not officially divorced. Um, his name is Sebastian Bear McClard. He has been accused by multiple women of sexual misconduct on movie sets over the past several years. And this all has come out basically because of his separation from Emily Ratajkowski, which started in July of last year. So a little background, Imrata and Sebastian were first spotted together romantically in February of 2018 around Valentine's Day, but they were like really good friends before. And in like Haley and Justin Bieber fashion, they got married like a few weeks after first being romantically linked. And then they were, they got pregnant after two years of marriage and um, they welcomed their son, Sylvester Apollo Bear. Uh, And then they reportedly called it quits in July, 2022. And she has kind of indicated that he was unfaithful. He, she liked some tweets that kind of indicated that he maybe cheated. Um, and she, I guess, I don't know. He, I don't know. She's been kind of quiet about it, but what we know is that, um, they separated informally in July, 2022 and he, she moved out around September 2022, and that's when she officially filed for divorce. So what we've found out since then, um, statements were made in August by a few women. So basically after they got to, they got separated in July, statements were then made in August, and then she filed for divorce in September. So these statements came out in August saying, um, that he reached out to a 17 year old on Instagram in 2016, um, basically recruiting her to play a small role in the movie Good Time, which was being directed by the Safdie brothers who also directed Uncut Gems. Um, The girl who came from a really poor background in New York was really excited because um, the movie starred Robert Pattinson and she was a really big fan of him. So then on the day of filming, uh, she waited around all day on set. And then when she was called, it says, quote, by the time she made her way into the cramped room, she was naked, standing in front of nearly a dozen male cast and crew members, including Josh and Benny Safdie. Instead of performing in a scene with Pattinson, she was paired with an actor who had recently been released from prison before being hired for the film. Um, and then later it says that the same actor asked her something very crude. Um, And again, this was a 17 year old. So this like raises a lot of questions about this like production company, which it's the same production company, A24, which produced everything everywhere all at once, which is like fresh off an Oscar win. 
Um, so it raises questions about why this um, minor was filming nude scenes. Um, technically, it is the age of consent in New York, but it's still like federally a minor. So um, it's still like for the Screen Actors Guild should be she should be required still to have like an adult like sign off on her waivers. Um, and so this quote says, it sounds like they circumvented the entire safety structure of our industry by hiring somebody on Instagram who was not a union member who doesn't know her rights. Normally minors have to have their contracts court affirmed and there's a lot of other hoops in order to cast a minor. This is so not normal. Everything is wrong about this situation. And that's from Anne Henry, the co-founder of Biz Parents and Advocacy Group for Child Actors. Um, so yeah, but that's not even that bad. So, I mean, it is, but so after this whole thing happens, that 17 year old begins a romantic or I don't know about romantic, um, begins a sexual relationship with, um, Sebastian. And again, the age of consent is 17. So this is technically legal in New York. Um, and this was before he and Emily got together. They didn't get together until again, February, 2018. And at the time, this is early 2016. So then on the set of Uncut Gems is kind of where things get a little, get a little hairy. Um, a young woman who was 18 at the time says she met a married Sebastian Bear McClard during production and that he began grooming her on Instagram um basically DMing her and like saying like oh I'm gonna make you famous like citing his um position in the industry to make her major career promises and in her statement which was obtained by Variety uh she described an incident that took place at the apartment that he lived in with Emirata and she said quote Sebastian and I started kissing things escalated and then without asking for my consent, Sebastian inserted himself inside me without using a condom. The woman also claims um, that Sebastian began messaging a 15-year-old girl who was not part of the production, and she started, like, visiting set, and then she confronted him, and Sebastian, quote, appeared pleased with himself and laughed at my comment and didn't deny the accusations. And apparently multiple other sources um, corroborate this uh, and say that he was romantically involved with this 15 year old, um, as well as another young woman on set, um, an assistant with film industry ties. So the Safdie brothers did learn of these things and fired him. And then basically Variety reached out to the Safdies for comment and their rep, basically like a PR person responded, the Alara team were made aware of Sebastian McClard's behavior in July, 2022, and they took immediate action and terminated him. So this is notable because um, these accusations came out in August and um, it their PR person says that they were made aware in July. So 
kind of notable. <laughs> um, so Sebastian produced the three most recent films, which is um, Uncut Gems, Good Time, and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And Emily Ratajkowski has declined to comment, but a lot of friends are saying that she's not surprised by the accusations. Um, she's being represented by powerhouse attorneys Brett Ward and Jackie Combs, um, whose firm famously handled Tom Cruise and his divorce from Katie Holmes and Channing Tatum and his divorce from Jenna Dewan. And then Sebastian has retained... Caroline Krauss, who re represented Robert De Niro in his divorce from Grace Hightower. Um, some other things that came out in this were Sebastian's frequent use of slurs. This woman described um, Sebastian calling her derogatory ableist slurs, R-words, um, and also Jewish slurs, K-words. Um, a word that I have not heard used outside of like, um, you know, a movie set in 40, in the 1940s Germany. Like I have never heard that word used colloquially in my life. That is so weird. So yeah. And this also, this comes right after Jonathan Major's arrest, um, which was very disturbing to a lot of people, considering he's somebody who advocates for like soft masculinity. Um, he was arrested on like domestic violence suspicions. He um, was formally charged with multiple counts of harassment and assault after allegedly strangling his girlfriend. Um, and a lot of users on Twitter have actually come out and said that they've heard about, heard rumblings about his violence for a long time. So here we are back at square one with these actors, producers, men in the film industry covering up each other's nasty, nasty, nasty behavior against women. Awesome. Well, that's all I have for you today. Um, let me know what you think about all of these different little rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> let me know if you want me to go down any of them any further, and I'm happy to give you a further deep dive. Um, make sure to su subscribe to the Substack, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, and follow us on Instagram, please, at The Spin Cycle Media. I'll talk to you next week. I love you so much. Um, yeah. Bye.